everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Up next, Outlaw with John O. Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. If you've been watching television, if you've been reading the blogs, if you've been looking at the mainstream media, you know what they've already said and projected. That is that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have won this election. They projected that Joe Biden is the 46th president of the United States. For many of you, I am certain that you reject this narrative. One, the election hasn't been certified. Two, in Wisconsin and Michigan, there's going to be recounts. And also, Delphia, rather Pennsylvania, I should say, the Supreme Court has said for those votes that came in beyond 8 o'clock, that's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Election Day, those votes should be set aside, mail-in ballots, etc., So you and I both know that this election isn't yet over. Now, here's the truth. If it is found out after the recount in uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, and if there's no evidence of voter fraud presented in places like Pennsylvania and Nevada, and Joe Biden is found to have won this election fair and square as a conservative, And as those who are listening, who are either conservatives, Trump supporters, or you may be a Democrat listening to this. I recognize that I have a a vast difference of opinion when it comes to listeners. I recognize that, you know, that if it's found out that there's not a rather been presented evidence of voter fraud, then Joe Biden won this election. You know, we can have difference of opinions, but we would know that that would be the case. And unlike liberals, we're not going to riot, loot steal from your local Walmart, Target. You don't have to board up your building. We will accept the results of the election and move on with life as we always do. We will go to work the next day. But at this time, it doesn't feel among a lot of individuals that this has been a fair and legitimate election. There's been cause of voter fraud, which we not necessarily seen the evidence of. We're waiting for the evidence. We've understood that there's been people in places like Nevada who voted, who didn't live in the state, which would make it an illegitimate vote. And we're waiting to see that evidence come forth. We're seeing that in places like Philadelphia, we have a witness who works for the United States Postal Service who said that the postmaster in that area has said if any votes come in past Election Day to post dated to November 2nd. 
these are reports that have come out. Don't know if it's true yet or not, but these are at least what have been said. So with that being the case, I'm here. Al Awajiano Caldwell not projecting Joe Biden to be the winner at this point. If there's some additional information that comes out which solidifies that, then absolutely we will call it what it is. We are not whiners. We are not losers. And we're not going to do what the left did when they say Joe, when they said Donald Trump, brother, is not our president because they didn't like the results. That's not who we are as conservatives. And that's not who we will ever be because we have a lot more to look forward to. It looks like the Republican Party may keep the Republican Senate, which we need to prevent any radical left Green New Deal, any radical left tax increases on those who make over 400,000 or more is what Joe Biden said. But we know the truth. It's not about who makes 400,000 or more. Once you decide you're going to raise taxes, everybody gets their taxes raises, whether it be directly or indirectly. If a person has a business and a corporation and you're going to raise the taxes, you know that the item that they may sell becomes more. You know that Anybody that's associated with that company could be laid off because they don't want to pay additional taxes and have a particular group of folks working for them. And I'm talking about they lay off people because they can't afford it. We know what that means. We're not idiots. We understand the dynamics at play. And that's why so many of you voted for Donald Trump. Now, I'll tell you this. And this is very interesting, I think. Tom Fitton, who's our guest for today, offered some legal analysis, or rather, he's not a lawyer, so I don't want to say legal analysis. He offered an analysis that I think the Donald Trump campaign may follow. You know that this election by no means is over. The process is what I'm referring to. The election supposedly ended on Tuesday, but the process continues. Recounts, recounts, recounts. And you need to be following very, very closely. I'll tell you this. Donald Trump has been enormously beneficial to the American people. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with everything he tweets. I don't agree at all. And I think it's important for me to mention that to you. However, from a policy specific standpoint, he's been enormously beneficial. And if the exit polling, which is still coming in, this is, we're still learning what the results are every day because there's counts, counts, and counts. If Republicans are smart, they're going to take a page out of Donald Trump's playbook, whether he be in the White House for four more years from now or into January. We must, must enlarge the tent. I wrote a piece that came out on FoxNews.com over the weekend talking about that very specific issue. We have to enlarge the tent. We have to ensure that we're in the races. We have to include everybody. Not that we change our principles, but we welcome new voices in. We keep our principles and we move forward. But I'll tell you this. We cannot stop fighting. And for those who may think it's a lost cause because the media has called it, you're wrong. Let me tell you that right now. And you may be a loyal listener. You may listen to this podcast every Monday when it comes out. And I thank you for your listenership. But I want to tell you directly and forcefully, you're wrong. This election is not over. It is not over until the recounts have happened, until every legal vote has been counted. Until we get a decision from the courts, when the courts decide, then we understand. And Republicans, if Joe Biden has won fair and square, he has won and he will be the president. And I will tell you, 
this right now. We won't be running out saying that Joe Biden isn't our president if it's legal, if it's one fair and square. We will not be doing that. We won't do what the left did under Donald Trump. They said that he wasn't their president. And of course, the election was fair and square. And we know that Hillary Clinton still hasn't gotten over it. The Democrats and the, and the folks that still haven't gotten over it. Nancy Pelosi, in fact, has said that this election was a mandate from the American people. How so? You lost seats in the House. We're likely to keep the Republican Senate. This wasn't a mandate, not by no measure. And now we have to ensure that every legal vote is counted. So I want to make sure that everyone that's under the sound of my voice Everyone who's watching what I place on social media, that we're all in this together. We are Americans. And if Joe Biden is president, if it is every legal vote counted ensures that he is president, we will say that he is the president of the United States after he's inaugurated, if he's inaugurated. We have no issue with that. But we want to ensure that there was no cheating and no fraud. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of funny business going on. We don't know what exactly it means, but keep your head up, keep fighting, stay on social media until every legal vote is counted. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Listen to Tom Fenton, listen to his advice and send this podcast around to all of your friends and family because we will never stop fighting. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Tom, thank you again for joining us. I think you're one of the most important guests that I could ever have, especially on an issue like this. A lot of Americans are concerned about the integrity of our elections. They're concerned about transparency. They're concerned about what happened to their vote. Did their vote actually get counted? Did additional individuals put votes in the system that weren't supposed to be there? There's a lot of questions. And I think you told the New York Times last week that the Department of Justice should be prepared to go to court to stop the counting of any mail-in ballots that arrived after Election Day. Why do you believe the DOJ should do that? Oh, because I think the law requires it. When you and, and your listeners can go and look it up. It's 3 U.S.C. Section 1 of the U.S. Code. And to paraphrase, it says Election Day is on Tuesday. The, the electors for the president and vice president are supposed to be selected on Tuesday. Is that happening in Pennsylvania? Is that happening in Georgia? Did that happen in Wisconsin or Michigan? No. They counted ballots after Election Day. Frankly, counting ballots after that arrive after Election Day, it really is awful. But under the law, you really shouldn't be counting ballots that arrive after Election Day at all. They should have figured out who won on Tuesday. We do know who won on Tuesday. The president did. And that result, in my view, should be defended in court. And if it comes down to it in Congress when they choose to ratify or not ratify the electors that have been sent there by the states. So how do you respond when people say, hey, there's been elections in the past where people are waiting in line for hours on end to get their ballots in? It's And it can be clearly at some point, I know there's been some elections where it's been past midnight because people are waiting. Uh, would that still be in conclusive with, with your argument in terms of the election is on Tuesday? Well, it would be a reminder to the states they can't do that anymore, that they got to make sure people are voting and and they have to count. You know, and in theory, you can count for the administrative record, you know, what the what the numbers are for days after election. But it can't change the result. And if the results to be changed, there's a process for doing that under law, which is through the Electoral College and 
the states electing of uh, the the state legislature and the governor certifying electors. But we know who won on Tuesday, but the results been changed. Yeah, or it's, you know, or it's set to be changed because the fat lady hasn't sung in that regard. You know, the the no president is there's going to be no new president until Congress blesses it under our constitutional and federal system. We have to take a quick break. Please stick with us. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Now, Judicial Watch is no stranger to lawsuits. Your organization has successfully sued the government several times to access key information that powerful people didn't want the American people to see. Perhaps the most Famous case of all was Hillary Clinton and her email scandal. What is Judicial Watch doing and planning to do in terms of legal action regarding this election? Well, we're already in the courts trying to make sure the roles are clean, and it highlights the information we've been able to uncover, why it's important that we be skeptical of mailing ballots to people who haven't asked for them when the roles are filthy across the nation. In Nevada, for instance, which is in dispute still, we found there were counties with more people on the rolls 
on the voter rolls than who were living there and eligible to count. They got more people on the rolls than were moving that were actually there. So that's an indication that the rolls are dirty. And when, if you have dirty election rolls, in my view, you can have dirty elections. You know what's interesting because you you mentioned Nevada and Adam Housley, who's a former journalist at Fox News reporter. You may know him. He posted on Twitter last week that he spoke with a family in Nevada and apparently he verified their concerns. He said he decided to check their ballot status online. They got it. They got this ballot and it's about five of them and they registered. They were registered to vote and they voted about a week and a half before the election in person and they voted for President Trump. But somehow the system is saying that their vote isn't there, almost as though they never voted to begin with. Do you think these kind of things are kind of cases are are being realized all over the country or in Nevada or in some of these swing states? Well, when you have tens of millions of ballots being counted, there are going to be issues like that pop, pop up. And the question is, is that a substantial enough issue to raise questions about the outcome generally? You know, you don't need, in my view, and the left is setting up this false standard that you need to prove that the fraud was material to the outcome of the election. I think what you need to show is that there's enough evidence of fraud and there's enough evidence that they weren't doing enough to combat fraud that you can question the results. I think that's the case in in Philadelphia. I think it's the case in Detroit, Atlanta, Fulton County deciding to stop counting ballots on election day. What's up with that? You know, those are all indicia of fraud. And, you know, I don't know if the courts are going to buy into it, but certainly, again, as I keep on pointing out, this is a political question. And under our constitutional system, the legislatures in Pennsylvania, which is controlled by Republicans, same in Georgia, same in Wisconsin, same in Michigan, they're going to have to decide whether they're going to ratify and endorse what went on or maybe appoint their own slate of electors that support President Trump and let Congress figure out who to accept. It could come down to what Congress does in January. So so let me ask you this question. What advice would you, and I'm sure you've been in touch with President Trump and his campaign, and I know that they rely on you a great deal for your legal expertise because you've uncovered a lot of things that the American people wouldn't have known about. What advice have you either given the campaign of President Trump or what advice would you give them? Well, A, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't give legal advice. (laughs) And certainly any advice I give to anyone privately, I'm not going to talk about. But, you know, I've been pretty public about what I think ought to be done. They need to challenge and protect the result that took place on Tuesday. Challenge votes being counted after the fact, either that arrive after Election Day or, frankly, counted for days afterwards in a way that undermine the outcome. The rules don't allow for that, in my view, under federal law. And then secondly, they have to be aware and, and prepared to challenge all of that in the courts. They may be able to ask for a redo of the election in Pennsylvania and Georgia. I don't know, maybe, if they have enough evidence of fraud and other misconduct. And then secondly, there's the constitutional option in terms of the Electoral College and having the state legislatures exercise their prerogatives under our constitutional system to select the electors that better comport what they think was the appropriate outcome in Pennsylvania and Georgia. What's the likelihood of something like that actually taking place? Well, it will never take place unless there's leadership for it, and we're providing it. Okay. What type of changes would you like to see happen for the federal election laws? Well, we need to make it clear you need to figure out who won on the Tuesday of the election. Mm -hmm. Okay? I think the law is clear there. The degree needs to be clarified. There should be no mail-in ballots, except in extraordinary limited circumstances. 
There should be significant security for those mail-in ballots if they're to be allowed at all. We need universal and national, whether it's some state by state or federal, we can all argue about, but we need voter ID. We need to confirm the identity of people registering the vote in both in terms of their identity and their citizenship status. You know, we know aliens are on the roll. Studies have shown that. And we know they vote. Were they voting in a way that undermined the outcome? That still has to be determined. But because we don't really check to see if aliens are on the rolls or not in any regular way, we have no idea unless they unless they decide to really seriously investigate. And you know what? I know there's been talk about a national voter ID requirement across the country. And people seemingly, folks on the left, they, they're against voter ID laws. And I know in, in cases that you need Vote. You need ID to cash a check. You need ID to go get a government benefit. Well, what seems to be the logical argument against it? I don't, I don't see there being one. Do you? There is. In my view, the logical argument against voter ID is they want to be able to steal elections when necessary. And so voter ID gets in the way of doing that. Judicial Watch recently released a study finding that 353 counties across 29 states had 1.8 million more registered voters than eligible voting age citizens. In other words, the voter registration rates in those counties exceeded 100% of eligible voters. Tell me about the study and how does it factor into the post-election madness that's going on right now? Well, when you have more people on the rolls than eligible to vote, that those are opportunities for voter fraud. It doesn't mean they're all voter, voting fraudulently, but that's a pool from which fraudsters can draw to mess with the election. And it's a further indication that other voters are on the rolls that shouldn't be there, that they're not taking, they're generally not doing the required list maintenance that would reassure voters that only people who are supposed to be there are being able to vote. And so when you mix that in with what's happening in places like Nevada, where, for instance, the Republicans are alleging that people who have moved away were voting in Nevada, that kind of fits in with our concerns about what went on in Nevada where they got names of people who have probably moved away for some time still on the rolls and eligible to vote in theory. Mm -hmm. But do you think even if those people are provided, and I know that uh, um, last week they were saying they had a list of folks that they were going to send to the election officials. I think it was the county prosecutor in Nevada. Um, they wanted to have them take a look at it. Do you think it'll make those individuals invalidate those votes essentially? Who knows? I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, but I don't see anything the campaign's doing that's going to change the what's happening now. So you don't think there's any legal tactic that the campaign, even pushing it up to the Supreme Court, because we've not seen, at least as of late, we've heard about evidence, not necessarily seen it per se, any grand amount of evidence that could possibly change the outcome of the election. But there's this idea, at least among a lot of folks, that things have happened that shouldn't happen. We could talk about transparency being a big issue. We can talk about the fact that when the campaign got a judgment to go in and be able to view the counting of votes in Philadelphia, the, the sheriff wouldn't even enforce it. No one's enforcing it. And it seems as though these folks just don't care. I don't think it's about having a legitimate and fair election. It's kind of like, oh, what are you going to do anyway? And it's I hear what you're saying. I, I guess I go back to what relief are they seeking? Are they doing are they seeking the sort of relief that's going to change the outcome of the election? I, don't, I just don't see it now. If they went in and, you know, again, I go back to my legal argument or 
it's a political legal argument, I guess. Yeah. That election day was on Tuesday, and all the votes after that were are in a, uh, were inappropriate. And people will be mad that their votes weren't counted, but they got in too late. That's their problem. And it's the state's problem that shed up that system that was foreseeable that they would have gotten in too late. I mean, under this logic, we could be counting ballots through January. So that do you, does, does that make any sense to anybody? No, it, it doesn't. Why not, why, why, if it's two days, why not three days? Why not 20 days? Indeed, it is 20 days in, in Ohio. It's 17 days in California. How does that comport with any semblance of regular, uncorrupt elections? But do you think that argument would have some sway on the Supreme Court? Would they throw out the votes? Uh, if you're looking to change the outcome, I don't know what other argument you'd make. To me, it's a plain reading of statutory law. It's an easy thing for the court to figure out one way or another. They may not buy into it, but I think it would be attractive to justices who actually want to apply the law as written as opposed to pretending what's happening right now, that they're pretending the law doesn't matter. So you think that's the only argument that they can make that may change at least the dynamics? Well, there are other arguments they can ask for potentially a do-over in certain states because there has this, there's been enough fraud associated with the process that a court may be persuaded. The only way to resolve it is to do a do-over. That's been done before. It was done just last year in North Carolina in a, a congressional race where a Republican consultant was involved in fraud and, and it was a do-over. So do-overs are possible in the states. That's another possibility and can be done in time for the Electoral College to consider the uh, the votes that arise from such a do-over. So what's the standard you think you just is it? I'm not familiar with the case you just mentioned. Well, that, I don't know what the standard would be for the court to authorize a do-over. That's where the lawyers have to come in and see what what hoops they need to jump through in order to legally persuade a court to do a do-over. I would presume that. You know, what went on in Pennsylvania, the gamesmanship that went on in Pennsylvania, maybe they say, look, you know, that's been so that process has been so corrupted by this misconduct. The only way to, to kind of resolve it and reassure, uh, reassure the law, the court is to do it over again and wow. to vindicate the votes of people who want to vote honestly and have their votes counted appropriately. Yeah, and that, that uh, the way things are looking, especially considering the fact that Trump. He was running against the media. He was running against social media. He's running against Joe Biden, running against the elites, the Democrats. And honestly, I think this might have been the outcome had people believed that he could possibly win in 2016. They took him as a joke. So they didn't go to Wisconsin. They didn't go to a lot of these states that Hillary Clinton lost. But we might have seen probably this kind of outcome if people took Donald Trump seriously. And it's just a shame to see that the public's vote in, in terms of the integrity of the election could end up like this. It should be about transparency. Who knows who might have committed fraud or not? No one knows. I don't have any evidence to that. I can only imagine that that some may have occurred. But still in all, for this to be the the state of our elections is disturbing. Yeah, it is. And, and, and you know, personally, we may have our own views about who should win and lose, right? Uh, but it's not about that. It's about the process being something that vindicates the rule of law, reassures the public that the elections were free and fair. And if that process isn't there, that should be concerning for everybody, both, you know, honest liberals and, and honest conservatives like you and me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've been busy 
Uh, in recent days, uncovering documents about Hunter Biden and Biden family's business dealings overseas. What information have you found that the American people might not know about? Oh, there's a lot going on there. Um, we had emails coming from the State Department showing that the State Department was concerned about what Hunter Biden was doing. They were monitoring what was going on about it in terms of social media. In fact, one social media person, excuse me, one Obama state official called Burisma the gift that keeps on giving, and he bemoaned the fact that the Russians were trolling, and that's his word, Joe Biden, because of his the conflict of interest because of his son being on Burisma while he's pretending to be against Ukraine, corruption in Ukraine. Do you think so? That... It's just the deep state knew. They all knew about what was going on there. They knew it was a problem and a longstanding one. And that certainly that is um, contradicts the uh, fake news we've been getting about the Biden scandal. Yeah, reporting showed that during that time that the Obama White House had issues with uh, Biden's son being on a board being on that board and they raised flags all throughout the White House on it. But of course, it continued on. Do you think that if Joe Biden is is sworn in as president in, in January, do you expect that we'll see more of these kind of shenanigans under Hunter Biden? If you can get away with it, uh, I think the more substantial outcome or more likely outcome, frankly, is that he's going to be facing criminal investigations. Either her son is or he will be. So that's that's the more likely outcome outcome, I mean. <laughs> yeah, my guess is Hunter Biden will keep his head down if his president his father becomes president, but there's still accountability to be had for what went on here. Yeah. And that's going to require you just farmer to do something. And you know, you I'm I'm not naive about the likelihood of DOJ doing anything under Joe Biden administration, but it's going to be difficult for them not to do something because again, you know, we still have a republic. It's been weakened. But the rule of law is still a big issue, and it's hard to uh, at least avoid it in an in-your-face way. Well, if the Obama folks spied on Donald Trump's campaign, the Hillary email scandal went without her being prosecuted. I, I just find it hard to believe that the elites like Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, anything would happen to them. I, I think I kind of lost faith in the judiciary, the court system, the, the, the prosecutors and the DOJ, because it seems as though the elite seemingly get away with it. And interestingly enough, I don't necessarily, although Trump is the president of the United States, I don't necessarily consider him one of the elites per se. He seems like he's one of the guys that's kind of with the people. And interestingly enough, I spoke with a friend of mine who's really high up in Joe Biden's campaign. And he mentioned to me that he thinks that if uh, Donald Trump loses, he's going to get prosecuted. For what? I have no idea. I don't know if this is an internal conversation going on in Joe Biden's campaign or what they what they may be thinking there. But that's actually something I can see them attempting to do, especially considering the fact that Trump has put his finger in their eyes every time he gets a chance, which is his right. So I'm interested. Do you think anything may become of that? I'm not sure what they could be alleging would be uh, prosecutable, but your thoughts. Oh, I believe President Trump will continue to be harassed after he leaves office, uh, whether it be even whether it be next year or four years from now. It's yeah. never going to stop. It never will stop. And they don't need a reason. I mean, we already know that they did it before with no reason, no justification. So why would they need a reason now? Yeah, no, I agree. And, it, and it, it's, it's been terrible. There's been this terrible corruption. There's been no accountability for it. So there's going to be, you know, bad guys only stop what bad guys do. When you put them in jail or make it make the game not worth playing and there's no reason for them to stop. There's been no accountability. 
And if you're Joe Biden or that people around him, they're like, oh, look, we got back into office despite everything that we have been implicated in. Why would we stop doing it? You know, there's been no there's been no sanction for doing it, so it's not going to stop. Let's continue the conversation on the other side of the break. First, here's a word from our sponsor. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. This is so interesting. What good news do you think we can share with our listeners? Because I think this is, at all the podcasts I've done, and we've been on air for about a month now, massive thanks to the listeners because we've been getting exciting numbers. Is there any good news to share? Well, Hillary Clinton isn't president. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Joe Biden is going to be due. You know, he's in a, even if he had taken the Senate, even if he had gotten more seats in the House, the left can't do everything they want to do as quickly as they wanted to do and as successfully as they thought they would be able to do. There's always going to be an opposition, an honest opposition, and it would have been significant even if they had taken control of the executive and legislative branch. And this is assuming if Joe Biden wins, and that's not that's a big if yeah, in some respects. But presuming he wins, the Senate is controlled by the Republicans, so there's going to be no court packing. There's going to be no D.C. statehood, no Puerto Rican statehood, no Medicare for all. No green so a lot of that big socialism is uh, going to be significantly curtailed, assuming the Republicans control and more importantly, conservatives <laughs> control the Senate. Because, as you know, Republicans sometimes can include people who want to do the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, let me I got just two questions that I want to get. Well, one question I want to get into your book. What do you think President Trump would do if, in fact, he did lose? Do you think he would go away? I doubt he would. Would he run again in, in four years? What happens to the, the mega movement, Make America Great Again movement? What do you think would be the outcome of that? Because I know he's not going to stop fighting. This election certainly isn't over. The courts are going to have their say. And for people who have been listening to me on this podcast out loud with Gianna Caldwell, I've said and predicted Time and time again that this would end up in the courts. I just didn't think Democrats would play fairly with this. And we're seeing it end up in the court, perhaps. What do you think would happen if President Trump were to lose fair and square? 
I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know. Is he going to run again? I don't know. You know, but I think we should think about what we're going to do. And what I'm going to do and what Judicial Watch is going to do, and I suspect you're going to do the same thing. You're going to take the same approach. You're just going to keep on working. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got lawsuits we have to pursue. There's Joe Biden in the presidency, and there's corruption associated with his conduct. We're going to investigate that. We need to oppose big socialism and big corruption and big secrecy that almost always go hand in hand. You know, we just gonna we're going to continue to be patriots. We're going to be continuing to fulfill Judicial Watch's mission to hold the government accountable to the people and make sure that the government tells us what it's up to so that we can hold it accountable. That's what we're going to do. And we were going to do that whether or not Trump won. And I think that's what patriots should be thinking about. What are they what were they going to do anyway? And just do more of it. Because there will be significantly different challenges, maybe even worse challenges with a different president. And but you know, you still just, you know, the fight changes a little bit, but the fight continues in terms of the big picture. Yeah. I'm actually surprised by your answer. I thought you was gonna say you would go out riot and loot and yell at the moon. I, <laughs> that would be the more likely response. No, no, so no, not I'm like the left, huh? Too old for that. <laughs> I'm too old for that. <laughs> well, that's good news. I, and you're right. I will absolutely continue to do I don't I don't do that on company. Oh, okay. Not on co- personal time, that's another <laughs> question. But um I absolutely agree with <laughs> right. you. I think that's something that a lot of conservatives really need to hear because I've had friends call me in tears when the day after the election oh, are wondering. There's nothing, there's nothing worth crying over. Cry for the unborn who may die in increased numbers under a Biden presidency. That's worth crying about. But if you've done what you can do in terms of affecting your public policy values and defending the country as you see fit, there's nothing to cry about. You've done what you can do and you can go to sleep easy at night. And you just have to keep on battling as you see fit. But if you do what you can do, don't worry about it. There's not this, you know, no use crying over something you can't change. Yeah, now that makes sense. Well, just last month, you published your latest book, A Republic Under Assault, The Left's Ongoing Attack on American Freedom. Uh, what's your argument of the book and why did you decide to write this now? Which seems very appropriate. Well, to get into get a little negative uh, to kind of highlight what the, the, you know, our republic is under assault. The president was under assault for uh, years. The presidency was under assault. It was President Trump personally, but the constitutional office was under attack. Uh, They assaulted our sovereignty by trying to break our borders with the caravan invasion and uh, trying to allow that to continue unabated with having, you know, essentially have open borders. And on top of that, you've had uh, the assault on our free and fair elections, which we've been talking about, which the consequences of which we've been talking about, which is the chaos, the lack of security and the likelihood of unchecked fraud that, you know, we can't even really figure out because we don't even have the rules in place to help us figure that out. So, you know, our republic, content, you know, relies on the ability of the people to govern themselves and not to be waylaid through corruption. And that's what's happened with the assault on the presidency, our republic. The assault on our, our our borders, our sovereignty, and the assault on our elections. Wow. I must read your book sincerely. And I want to thank you so much for your time today. You're doing incredible work, incredible work. And I, I would love for folks to know your social media handles so they can follow you. You put out important videos all the time. You put out a lot of um, important information that people really should read. I think that you uncover so much that people didn't even think was possible. The Hillary email scandal is a is a um, point, and the Hunter Biden situation. We're going to continue to follow and see what's going to come out of that. Especially if there's a Joe Biden presidency, 
Will Hunter Biden try to use the U.S. government as a piggy bank so he can get billions of dollars in contract and enrich himself and mm-hmm. uh, ten percent to the big guy, which may goes up, may go up to thirty percent now. Who knows? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or just give me the whole thing. I don't you know. Know, Joe, Joe can now ask for a bigger chunk since he has a better office. Yeah, if if, if he has, that would be we're, scary, we're still right? in this race. We're still in this race. So thank. I know, I know, but you know. yeah, no, I get you hundred percent. So thank you, and please tell the people where they can follow you. Yeah, it's uh, at Judicial Watch, at Tom Fitton. We're on uh, Facebook at uh, Judicial Watch and Real Tom Fitton on Facebook. And, uh, I, and I say this because I believe it, not because it's me. Our Twitter feeds are the best out yeah, there. Really I mean, if you really want interesting material that you or an interesting take that you're not going to hear from someone anywhere else, where we're actually providing leadership on these issues, you want to follow our Twitter. That's why they're censoring us. Because we're we're saying the wrong things about what's going on right now. Wow, and I know the so tweets, really go, your tweets go mad viral. I see them go viral on a regular, consistent basis. So thank you for your work and thank you for being a patriot. Thank you, John. Absolutely, no, my pleasure. Thank you. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also, follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Gianno Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O, Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at Gingrich360, and I'll try to answer them in future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about me, please get my latest book, Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. Thank you to our researcher, Aaron Klingman, and executive producers Debbie Myers, and of course, speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.